G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And it's always a privilege to welcome to the airwaves Greg Bondar from Family Voice Australia, State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, good morning, mate. Good to be speaking with you again. Mate, how are you, how are you travelling in the middle of lockdown in Sydney at the moment? Oh, I think I've turned into a lunatic here, uh, Matt, uh, <laughs> lockdown, and this is, uh, and, and we're told we're getting a Freedom Day in about uh, two weeks, so I'm looking forward to getting out and uh, maybe even dining at a restaurant, Matt. <laughs> well, mate, uh, I've been, uh, I've got lots of uh, family in New South Wales, and, you know, my, uh, my, my younger sister has five kids at home. Imagine that in the wow. middle of lockdown. Oh. <laughs> wow. Heartbreaking what people are going through. Uh, what do you do every day, mate? You get out and do some exercise as well? Yeah, my wife and I go for a walk every morning at 5.30am mm-hmm. and we have a cup of coffee and we walk back. That's all we're allowed to do. Uh, my wife's a school teacher, so she's um, very much caught up in teaching uh, online uh, with Zoom and what have you. So mm-hmm. we're pretty close. We have been for the last three months. Wow. We've been, uh, you know, sharing the sharing the internet, sharing the 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 monitor and uh it's good to have my wife home i've got to tell you oh there you go mate and which suburb are you in we're in the southern suburbs of sydney so near the george's river okay wonderful part of the world yeah Mm. well mate uh it's a a blessing to be able to catch up with you today uh always interesting uh to see uh what uh, family voice australia is speaking up about one of the big issues of the day is the victorian christian schools are under threat the persecution continues what's the latest there yeah, look, Matt, this is really, really annoying. The, the, the Andrews government in Victoria is really becoming one of the most uh, uh, outspoken anti-Christian governments that uh, I've known in, the, in all the years that I've been in government and uh, lobbying for change. Last week, they've, they've introduced a, a new proposal to amend the Equal Opportunity Act of 2010, which really is going to have a big impact on the Christian schools in Victoria, and it will actually change the way they operate. Now, listen to this. What they're suggesting is that Christian schools will only be able to employ people of faith where the government decides that religious beliefs are crucial to the job. Now, this is absolutely outrageous. I feel like I'm living in China or, mm. or, or some part of the communist world here because governments are hopeless at theology, as are the courts, I must add, and for them to dictate what's required for a Christian school in terms of employing a person of faith is absolutely unheard of and, and really is really on the, on the edge of persecution as far as I'm concerned, man. And we certainly need to be uh, watching what happens in this case because uh, whatever, happened, you know, whatever happens in Victoria, other states will be looking at it, won't they? Absolutely, they will be looking at it, and, I'm, and that's what worries me. My wife's a school teacher, as I mentioned earlier. She teaches at a Christian school and is part-time chaplain. Now, she tells me that Christian schools um, and teachers, they actually teach the prism of faith. Everything that they teach, whether you're a maths teacher, science or English or outdoor, they are involved in the spiritual formation of our children, Matt. So it's very important that, you know, we employ teachers that share that faith. 
I remember talking to John Howard, the former Prime Minister, early this year on a webinar, Matt, where he said that schools should be allowed to employ those people that share the same faith as the ethos of the school. In other words, if you're a Liberal or Conservative, why would you want to join the Labor Party? Same thing with anybody else wanting to teach in a school. If I'm a Christian school, why would you want to teach in, teach, uh, teach in a Christian school if you're an atheist? Or and I'll tell you why, Matt, because it's another step towards trying to make our schools secular, and this is attack on Christianity once again, man. Mm. <laughs> Certainly is a slippery slope if we uh, if we look at what's happening there with the Andrews government. Is there a petition or any way that uh, people can speak up about this? Yeah, look, I suggest that everybody make sure that they write. If you are a Victorian, you do contact your state member of parliament. Uh, write in because these changes as proposed need to be addressed. And we've got to make sure that, you know, the silent majority, and I still say silent majority, that we speak up, and that's part of our work, part of our role as Christians, to be active in the public arena, Matt. Absolutely, mate. Well, it's great to hear Family Voice speaking up for Christian schools. Um, certainly standing with you on that one. Now, another big topic uh, that is uh, quite important is the National Church Life Survey, the NCLS. Uh, the research runs the five-yearly survey. Uh, and uh, tell us what's happening there. Yeah, I just wanted to really raise this um, with everybody that uh, listens to the program um, on Vision Christian Radio because the uh, the research, the National Church Life Survey, happens every five years, as you mentioned, and it's important that churches get involved because what, what it does is it's one of the largest longitudinal studies of church life. Now, you and I both know that when we had the census back in uh, August this year, there was one question on religion, and it wasn't mandatory, Matt, which really said that religion was not important in, in the eyes of the government. So what that means is, and, this, and I'm, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist here, is that if you don't make a question mandatory, then people won't answer it. And if people won't answer it, then what will happen is the government will be saying, or, or the loony left will be saying, hey, look, there are only 30% people that, have, that said they were religious. Well, that's because the question was a mandatory. So it's important that this survey by the National Church Life Survey is undertaken by the churches. Um, and it's in conjunction with um, various other denominations. It's a non-denominational survey. You've got Anglicare involved, Uniting Church, you've got Baptist Care. So it's a highly, highly recommended survey that uh, people uh, make sure that their churches uh, undertake, Matt. Yeah, so uh, I'm a pastor in Brisbane, and, and our church uh, has signed up for it. Uh, yep. And it doesn't take much. Uh, there's a website, 2021ncls.org.au. People can look Correct. that up. That's 2021ncls.org.au. Uh, and, it's, uh, and what do they do? They actually send out surveys to hand out to your church? Is that the way it works? Yeah, it, it can go that way, or you can actually have a, <clears throat> a consultant help you go through it. Uh, and I recommend that you know churches or their wardens or the minister himself or uh, make sure that, uh, that they engage in this survey because we want to find out what church life is all about. And this survey will help us do that. It, it's been going since 1991. And uh, as I said, I want to make sure that uh, you know we don't make Australia secular in the sense that you know the church is under persecution, it's cancelled or whatever. And this survey will really give us an insight on who are the people that go to church and what it is that affects their church life. So highly recommended, Matt. So I guess if anyone's listening that thinks their church should be a part of it, contact your pastor or minister or someone on your church board and say, hey, I reckon mm. our church should do this. 
and uh, just search up National Church Life Survey, and uh, it'd be great if everyone could get on board. So we've got some good data to tell the world what Christians believe. Absolutely. Mm. Now, another big topic is uh, Switzerland has voted to make same-sex marriage legal by nearly two-thirds of a majority. What's the latest there? Yeah, look, this is really disturbing. And, uh, and, and uh, look, I, I keep saying it's disturbing because I am disturbed. I just wonder where our Christian life is headed. Um, now, again, I have to tell you that the word equality, and this is the argument that the, that, that the so-called proponents of same-sex marriage use, equality. And I keep saying equality in what? But the word equality has been hijacked once again by the so-called loony left. Same-sex marriage is not about equality, in my view. It's rather about the children's welfare. Now, under these, the law that's being um, uh, introduced in uh, Zurich, Switzerland, what's going to happen is this is going to really affect fathers and it's going to affect the children because, once again, you know, I've done research. I've been a school teacher early in my career. I've done a lot of research on this, Matt, and the greatest influence on the child, believe it or not, is still the family. Now, if the family is the number one influence on the child and you've got a same-sex couple, male or, or lesbian couple, uh, trying to educate a child, what kind of morals and values is that child going to take away in his or her life as, as they you know, get, into the, get into the mainstream society? Matt, this is once again, once again, a nail in the coffin of, 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 of Christian belief and, and biblical worldview, Matt. Well, it's certainly uh, a, b- a big uh, step uh, in the wrong direction for Switzerland. And, you know, Greg, uh, I, I think I may have shared this before on Vision, but I, I heard of a case uh, from New Zealand uh, recently where there was a, uh, t- two women that were married and they had kids from previous relationships and mm. they decided to go to church and got saved and decided they didn't want to live in a same-sex relationship anymore, Yep. but they had kids together. Mm. So they went to the pastor and said, what do we do? Mm. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what a minefield. You know, Obviously, yeah. the pastor would say, well, obviously, you've got to abstain because the Bible says to be honor, honor God with your, your bodies. You know, um, And I think what happened was they decided to still live in the same house and raise the, raise the kids together, but abstain mm. and not live as a married couple anymore. But mm. this is the kind of minefield that we're getting into when we look at these relationships and and you know churches yeah. are going to have to work out how to how to care for people uh in this in the future aren't we mate absolutely look i want to make it perfectly clear that i'm not saying that same sex couples uh cannot uh, exhibit love that's not the issue here mm. the issue matt is that the biological mother and father are still the number one influence on a child. So if you've got situations now where this act in, in Switzerland has been passed where, uh, you know, same-sex couples can adopt children unrelated. Now, I'm all for adoption, mind you, because that, that would solve our abortion problem to a great extent. Um, but if they can adopt unrelated children to them, and if lesbian couples can have children through sperm donation, We've lost the essence of natural family, Matt. We have actually lost it. And, and I can't for the life of me understand where society's headed. What is wrong with a mum and dad raising their child in a nice biblical worldview? And, and in point of fact, they also have the morals and values 
that mums and dads, from a biological perspective, give to their children. I'm sorry, but under same-sex marriage, if you've got adopted children uh, and sperm donations, that's going to cause real problems for that child in the in, in the long run, Matt. Mm. And and I remember in the middle of the the marriage debate um, in Australia when we were all discussing this, you know, all the research about the importance of a mother and a father raising a child, uh, the the different direct, you know, I mean. We just made differently. Blokes think yeah. differently than women. You know, we we treat our children differently. You know, and obviously we've got to do it in a godly way. But we've, you know, when it comes yeah. down to it, every child deserves the right to a mother and a father, and mm. you're depriving children of that right uh, in the in these circumstances, yeah. aren't we? Well, that's what worries me because you see, same sex. Look, I, I was I was talking to a couple of um, uh, gay same sex couple men. Now. One calls one the husband and the other one calls the other one husband. So I don't know who's who in the zoo, so to speak, you know. I mean, a child needs to know the love and characteristics of a mother in the biological sense. The child also needs to have the authority and the guidance of a father. You're not going to get that under a same-sex marriage or a lesbian marriage. You just won't get it. I'm not saying they won't love the child. That's not the issue here. This is about the child's life in the future to come because they're going to have a skewed worldview of the world in terms of uh, sex, in terms of ethics, in terms of morals, because you can't continue unless you have a biblical worldview. And that's what I'm, I'm proposing, that you know we make sure our children continue to share a biblical worldview in the public arena, Matt. <laughs> Greg, I just want to just pose this question to you as well. I, I had a very interesting discussion with a church leader recently. I won't mention their name. I won't mention their denomination or anything, but a, a, quite a significant church leader. And they said, we don't talk about the homosexual issue because we want to win them to Christ. And we think if we talk about it, that we'll that they'll think we're bigots and we're haters and we'll never get a chance to witness to them. And I just thought, you know, well, f- for me, I just thought, you know, obviously, I'm very outspoken about this issue. I've, you know, I've been on TV, I've been on radio, I've talked yep. about it publicly yep. for years, speaking about my faith, and I personally have led a number of homosexuals to the Lord in the last few yep. years as well. Yep. And that's yep. my heart as an evangelist, you know. And I think, yeah. I think if we don't say anything about it, the world's just going to keep decaying and getting worse and worse. Um, we, mm. we we need to speak up about this subject, even if mm. we do get persecuted, don't we? Absolutely. My answer to your situation you've just mentioned is this. I challenge every pastor and minister, who are you trying to please, man or God? Mm. And if you're trying to please man, you're reading the wrong Bible. Mm. You Mm. cannot say, oh, we don't want them. I want them to be saved. I want everybody to be saved. Whether they're adulterers or murderers or homosexual, I don't care. I want them to come to God. But don't give me this, you know, oh, we don't want to offend them. Are you trying to please man or God? And the answer is, you and I both know, I'm here to please God. Yeah. And the reality is um, the the homosexual issue has been a very big issue in recent years because of all the legislation that we've been discussing. Mm. Um, and the reality is all sin is sin. And, you know, we don't want to single out anyone. And, and you know, we're certainly not attacking anyone, you know. Uh, they call us haters and bigots, but we're not attacking yeah. them. We, 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 ah. we just want to speak out against sin full stop because Absolutely. we care about people's souls and eternity more than anything. Absolutely. Look, I have some homosexual friends, for the want of a better word. Uh, you know, I, I refuse to call them gay or whatever because that's, again, another word that's been hijacked along with the rainbow, another hijacked term 
uh, equality and other hijacked them, I call them friend. And, and I talk to them, I, I, I say to them, look, you need to understand what you're doing is unbiblical, but it's your view. And, and, I, and I say to them, if I can help, be there, but I don't go out persecuting them. I say to them, God will accept anybody. But I want to please God, not man. Mm. That's the important thing. Mm. Absolutely. And, and for me, as a, a, a radio interviewer, I've had the privilege of interviewing a number of people who are ex homosexual um, people like Shirley Basket from Melbourne she was a lesbian yeah. for several years she's now yeah. married she's very outspoken uh, you know what a great testimony you know and this absolutely. is the thing the secular media you'll never hear about ex-homosexuals but there are a lot of them out there aren't there absolutely and media will not report that because they don't want you to know that they're converting back to Christianity so to speak or the biblical worldview they won't report it mm. and that's a shame to them because they they realize that they they ref- they failed to report the truth mm. well Good, good topic yeah. to raise today, mate. And lastly, yeah. uh, interesting to see that uh, some research has been released in the US that most adult US Christians mm. don't believe the Holy Spirit is real. What? Yeah. Uh, Matt, help me, please. Am I reading the wrong Bible? Oh, my goodness. Am I reading the wrong Bible? Because for me, if you don't believe <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, in, the, in the creation, the birth, the resurrection of Christ. And look, you're in the wrong game. Look, to me, the Holy Spirit is fundamental. The triune God is what we're talking about here, Matt. And unfortunately, the survey reveals that a lot of people don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, goodness me, what they're saying is, and this is what I'm telling you, saying earlier about trying to please man or God, they're saying to me that, that, that a lot of these people that were surveyed believe that they get their values and their and their ethics from uh, you know fr- from from other sources, e.g. you know from their family or for the, from their friends or or their colleagues. Oh, well, hang on, you can't have you know ten billion different world uh, morals and values. There can only be one, and that's a biblical worldview or a Christian worldview. So this survey highlights the fact that we have a real problem even within the church, Matt, because if you don't believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, then you are not looking at a Christian biblical worldview of what it means to be a Christian. And, and Matt, we've got to really make sure that people are aware that, that, that that's the way our triune God works. You know, mm, Absolutely. You know, and the, I, I'm very concerned about uh, the uh, famine of biblical knowledge in these last days. I think oh. there's many believers that uh, pick up the Bible every now and then when they feel like it, but... It, yep. You know, all the research shows if you read your Bible daily, you'll grow as a Christian. If you yep. don't read it daily, you won't grow as a Christian. It's it's essential for us to be in the Word every day, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and one of the things I make, uh, the point I like to make, and I do in my preaching when I do that, is that you cannot make the Bible say what you want it to say. Mm. You have to read God's Word and let Him speak to you through the Holy Spirit. And I think that's critical. But look, let's not make the Bible say what we want it Let's make sure that we read God's Word as it was meant to be read, Matt. Absolutely. Well, it's been awesome catching up with you today. Yeah. And, uh, Greg, it's always a privilege. If people want to support Family Voice Australia, what's the website? Uh, Just uh, familyvoice.org.au. And if I could just mention, next uh, on Monday, the 11th of October, I have a wonderful man who's written a book, A Glorious Ride from Jumble Plains to Eternity. I will be talking to him and a chap called Nick, Nick Cater. And uh, I'm going to interview him about his book. It's a wonderful Christian book, and uh, I hope everyone can tune in. 
Well, Greg, thank you so much for your time, mate. I reckon it's uh, always a blessing to hear from you. God bless you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, and God bless you, Matt. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.